Oh, it just went down a little bit. The tempo slowed down. How's it going, everybody? I hope you had a good Christmas. I hope you had a good Hanukkah. I hope you're having a great new year. 2020, it's the Chinese year of good vision. I want to welcome really? that. <laughs> 2020, come on. That's a great joke. It's the year of good vision. That's there a quality. And I just made it up. I just made it up. Do we know which okay. animal it is? I, I, that's it. Let's, we're going to have to look that up. We're going to have to look I that up as so. we go through the uh, intro. I know everyone's been very busy. I want to welcome all the new uh, listeners to the show. Some of you uh, people just dipped in a couple weeks ago, but you like it. I'm getting good feedback. And holy smoke, listen to this, Gimlet. We got, uh, I was roaming the halls of Fox News. I'll give you a little background here. I did the, I did the Fox and the Friends on the 26th. I did the uh, the show The Five, filled in for the legendary Greg Gutfeld. Then yesterday, uh, I was on the Dana Perino show. I was, uh, holy smoke, I was after the Dana Perino show. I was also on The Five and, and taped a, a little episode of the Jesse Water show. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag, you guys. The Five is live. Jesse does a little pre-tape. I might get in trouble. I might be assassinated. Their ninjas might be sent to my home for saying this. However, here's the funny thing. Well, it's going to come out too late. It's going to come out too late. However, but I, I just want everyone to know I admitted this. When I was on the when I was doing the Jesse Waters show, I was on with uh, Katie Pavlich, and we were talking about you know the five most ridiculous things of the year. It was a year in review show. So uh, they, his set, he's got this big glass table, and Katie's just fantastic. She's a wonderful girl. So she's sitting there. I'm sitting next to her. We're both on those, those little chairs where if you hit the lever, uh, the chair goes down. Right. Okay, so about halfway through the interview, my chair starts going down. And, it, <laughs> and so by the, You're like a by, foot shorter than Katie by the end uh, of it? Yes, by the end of the segment. <laughs> I'm like, and and here's how uh, wonderful and talented she is, and here's what a great host Jesse Water. I'm sitting there like Peter Dinklage, like de desperately trying to look casual, and I'm just a head. I'm just a head and shoulders. I'm literally just a head and shoulders. I'm looking up at Katie Pavlich. I'm looking up at Jesse Waters, trying to be funny. That'll be on tonight. I should grab. A, I should try to grab a still of that. It was a lot of fun. God. It was a lot of fun. He's a good dude. She's fantastic. The whole here's the thing. Uh, oh, this is what I wanted to say. I just I just gathered my 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 thoughts. So uh, we're gonna do more guests. More guests. I like having guests on the show. Guess who has agreed to be on our show now already. Uh, we've we, we've had uh, we've had some some heavy hitters. We've had the the Leah Remini from the Kings and Queens. Uh, we've had uh, Brian Kilmeade from the Fox and the Friends. We're gonna have uh, Pete Hegseth on from the Fox and the Friends. He's got a he's got a big beef going on with Twitter. Here we go. Dana Perino has agreed to be on the Loftus Party podcast. That will be a delight. Yes. That will be a delight. The Katie Pavlich has agreed to be on the show, too. Wow. 
I know. It's just going to be I'm I'm setting up my own little uh mini Fox radio station. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So then we're just going to we're going to keep opening up. These are these are really uh it's it's a lot of fun down there. I got to tell you it's a lot of fun. Ed Henry that dude, his show's going gangbusters. His show's going just gangbusters. Yeah. With, they got the ratings in. This is this is great. This is wonderful. They got they got the ratings in. There's someone on Twitter that, and I just want to recognize this. It's so nice when you don't mess up completely because that's the big that that is the big fear. Like you <laughs> right? host the show and you're so horribly received that people just tune out. People are like, oh, that's just god awful. I can't watch that. So I didn't I didn't wreck the show. I didn't wreck the show. Uh, The five on Thursday. That was the first. So you can people like normally watch the five. It's a hit show. It's a hit show. Absolutely. The Dana Perino, the Greg Gutfeld, the Jesse Waters, the Juan Williams uh, hit show. So I didn't mess it up on Thursday. Fantastic ratings. And then the ratings are in from. uh, uh, Oh, no, those are those are. Holy smoke. Number one. Number one on Thursday, so I can't wait to. So now I'm I'm a nervous uh, Nelly. I got to see what the ratings were from yesterday. Yeah, there's there's an account that tweets those out on a fairly regular basis. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed is that um I think Rachel Maddow's opposite Tucker or Hannity. I think it's Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. Like she and he used to have like sort of a. A competing share, if you will, she's down to like thirteen percent. Yeah, and she is just tanked. Well, I don't know if it's tanked. Thursday, she came in seven. Here, here are your top five. Oh, oh, we'll do your top ten programs. Your top ten programs on cable. This is cable news rankings. You got the five coming in at number one. That's people not knowing that there was guest hosts. The you got the Tucker Carlson tonight comes in at number two. Special report with Brett Bear. Then at number awesome. four, you got you got the Sean Hannity at four. Number five, the Ingram angle. She's always got an angle. Then number six, the story with Martha McCallum. Number seven, Rachel Maddow. Eight. Hmm. Yeah, eight. Uh, Your World with Neil Cavuto. Number nine, All In with Chris Hayes. And then number yeah, they're ten. The only, they're the Shannon only two Green. that regularly break through the top 10 at all. And I mean, then you look at like Tapper's show and Wolf Blitzer's show. And I mean, it's just, I don't even know how CNN is still operating. I found this out. They pay to be in airports. They I always do. Yeah. I always thought it was like the airports are like, here's the new station. We think you should watch. No, that's CNN paying to be in there. So I guess airports want a uh, a bidding war. I would it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious if uh, Fox News were to give them a bigger bid. <laughs> no, just out of CNN's ratings, take out the airports. You know what I mean? I, I have to think they don't count. I have to think they don't count. You think? I, I, if you're, I think we're still going off Nielsen ratings. There's I don't think. That'd be hilarious if there is. And if you go to Chicago O'Hare Airport at gate 54, there is a Nielsen box. If you could just let us know, <laughs> right. you could just swing by. Somebody, uh, somebody, had, somebody had a great meme on Twitter. 
he said what needs to happen in airports and there was like brian stelter on a screenshot of cnn and then there was a box next to it like for a dollar turn off cnn for 10 minutes that that I, you know what so, i saw that, that really the airports could double dip if you think about it <laughs> yes if you could pay pay a couple bucks just to turn it off for a Shut little while. And that money up. would go to charity. That money would all go to charity. There oh, you go. I will say this, and this is in the, the Christmas, the holiday, the New Year spirit. It An absolute madhouse. Getting out of Manhattan, but I really didn't want to leave. I really wanted to hang out. So gorgeous. It's like a movie down there in the Christmas time. It's yeah. like a Oh, yeah. Fox has a big tree and there's all kind of lights and then across the street there's a bunch of lights and then if you go down uh, 48th about a, a block maybe not, it's not even a full city block and you make a left just you turn your head to the left there's the Rockefeller Center tree 30 rock I didn't realize how I'm learning uh, so much uh, about Manhattan and how it's laid out like the the Rockefeller Center tree just an ocean uh, it. It was like out of a movie. It was great. Just Christmas lights, twinkling lights, as far as you could see. Bam, there's a beautiful Christmas tree. Bang, that's a romantic setting. Boom, there's another Christmas tree. It was fantastic. So and you can't Blasio blame... hasn't ruined Christmas yet. Not yet. He hasn't outlawed or, or taxed uh, Christmas and holiday decorations. I bet I, he's okay. trying to figure it out, though. He's gonna have to do something. The, the small businesses are going are going under. There's a ton of like little small businesses that can't. As the taxes go up for the big guy, here's the thing that people don't understand. This is a great way to start like the the philosophical comedic part of the show. So if you've got somebody who owns a small business and they're making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, that's what they're clearing. They're clearing that, so they're they're living good. They got they've got a bunch of small businesses, whatever. So then you guys are, ooh, they're rich. I'm gonna tax the. I'm gonna tax the, the pants off of those guys, make them pay their fair share, even though they're already paying taxes. So now they're going to, what, what do you think, they're going to make less money? No. They're going to increase the cost of their goods or services to compensate for the government tax to raise more revenue so they can still make 250000 bucks. And it always hurts the little guy. It always, and this is what's happening all over Manhattan. Little small businesses. I've 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 noticed it just in the in the few months that I've like wow didn't there used to be a bodega here nope for lease wow didn't there used to be like a little uh, like a nail salon right there nope for lease the, these small businesses and that's the that's the wonderful thing about that's part of the magic of New York City you can get anything at any time there's a Chinese restaurant that's going to deliver not anymore that's for lease they can't pay the lease because the people well, who own the buildings and that's. Then it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's going to be a self-fulfilling. You're just going to empty New York. Go for it. Well, I, I, I'm actually rather astounded by something that's currently going on, which I find to be both ironic and so hypocritical. So That's usually a good recipe for comedy. Yeah, ironic so and hypocritical. Bring it. You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? And she yes. voted against a repeal of the salt tax. And if you don't know what the salt tax is, it's it's the salt or the salt deduction. Excuse me. The, the, that's the deduction that you can take for your state, local, and property taxes on your federal income tax. Okay. Well, the Trump tax cut made that a level playing field across the country because, as we know, 
state and local taxes vary a lot from state to state. So why should I have to pay more federal taxes in Georgia because I have lower property taxes and local state taxes on the same salary, say $100,000, right. than somebody in New York because their tax burden is so high, their taxable income goes down significantly more than mine. So the, the Trump administration and the Republicans said the max you can take is $10,000 and we're going to make the standard deduction bigger so fewer people have to itemize. So it was simplifying the tax code so more people could just take the standard deduction as Love well it. as making sure that people who were making the same amount across the country would have relatively the same federal tax burden. So now that that's explained... Democrats have been trying to repeal the salt tax cap since it went into effect because states like New York have wealthy people moving out of the state because they pay so much in taxes they have to, and they make enough that they have to itemize that they're just getting killed, right? So New York's mm-hmm. budget short about $2.9 billion because of fleeing the state and moving to states like Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, which have much lower state taxes. Yes. So now the Democrats have put forward legislation to repeal the salt tax, which only benefits the very wealthy. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. They have been hammering Trump and the Republicans since the tax cut passed saying, Oh, you only this only you know gave money back to the very very wealthy. Well, hey, it didn't. That's a lie. Like literally a hundred million households benefited from the Trump tax cut, right? Yeah. And number two, now the one modification you're trying to make will only benefit rich people. It's uh, it's it's hilarious. It's too funny, and we gotta we gotta scream that from the mountaintops. But I remember, I remember not understanding it. But I remember when they were talking about the the Trump uh, tax cuts, like the people in in New York and California, the, the, the two places where I live. That's what I've done. Yeah, that's, I know. That's called good decision making, right Yay. there. <laughs> I'm like, where? Where can I spend the absolute most? Yeah, the the, the taxes, the, the tax burden is just huge. I'm ready to hit the dismount. I'm ready to, uh, I'm I'm ready to to bail on California. I got some, I got them. My heart is in it now. Before I was on the fence, but now I can envision a life uh, without California. It's, well, as the kids get out of school. Yup. Yup. And you can always visit. <laughs> that is true. That is no. true. Oh, we just and, we just you know, heard I'll in just from our say, producer just really quickly. Uh, twenty twenty. Not only is it the year of good vision, it's also the year of the rat. The year of the rat. Which uh, that's a who did that song? The year of the cat. It's a good song. Okay, whatever. You were saying something extremely interesting, and I interrupted. No, no, no. I was just, I was wrapping up the whole salt tax thing because it's just, it, it, it's mind boggling that you have these presidential candidates out on the trail. We're going to tax the wealthy. We're going to tax the wealthy. Okay. We are. That's, that's all they've got. That's seriously all they've we got. We are. And your party's trying to repeal it. 
it's 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 crazy and like uh if you look at the numbers for who pays the most in federal tax and who's not paying any tax at all and yada yada and then the funny thing is these guys are all like we want to be socialist and socialist and when they're they're really thinking that they're describing sweden you know sweden is and i did a great video on the youtube channel if you look at sweden wow if you are on the lower end of their uh income like if you're making like 45 grand a year, like 60% yep. is tax because they know you'll pay it. They know you we can't afford a lawyer. It. Yeah. And I yeah. Just, and their their so their version of social security is privatized. How terrifying is that? How terrifying is that? Um I I would actually like it. You know what? How about this? How about this? <clears throat> well, I mean, I, it just scares me if like, hey, if the stock market's doing good, then you've got, you know, Social Security. If the stock market isn't doing good, you don't have. That's a terrifying notion. But what if they split it up? What if they split it up? What if you could opt out? What if you could be like, listen, uh, give me give me 50 percent of what I've got into Social Security. I'm just going to call it a day. I'm going to walk away from the casino and I, then, I, I'm uh, totally with you, and then I can invest it the way I want to invest it, and I bet I end up with more money. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you understand like how business investment and 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 the stock market would just explode if it would be the money people paid into Social Security was invested in the markets? It would be nuts. It would be nuts. I would love to watch it. I would love I mean, to watch it. It would be it would be phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, I they would they could give me thirty percent and I would walk away. I would sign wow. a piece of paper that said low. I never need to collect this. Wow, that's a low number. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm, but here's that's my problem. I'm, I know I'm, you've I'm got receipts. <laughs> but like receipts, I do. I but. but I, I couldn't settle for thirty. I couldn't I mean, settle for thirty cents on the dollar. My my whole perspective is at some point that program number one, like there, when FDR like did all of this, he did it deliberately so that it's very hard to untangle from it because you have the current generation paying for the older generation. It so is a Ponzi. Deliberately scheme. set it up like a screwed up Ponzi scheme because people like you are pig headed. I want my money. Right? Yes. Yes. So he deliberately set it up this way. He could have easily set it up that Michael gets an account, Stacy gets an account, Kung Fu Rick gets an account, and you put money in there almost like a forced savings account so you don't become dependent on the state when you're older. But that's mm-hmm. not what they did. So, I mean, it it's going to be very hard to untangle, but one of the only ways we're going to get out from the crushing debt it's going to cost is for it to be means tested. So I'd rather cash out at a much lower rate and than get just something. not ever get anything back. Yeah, it's when you look into it, it's totally I've done a couple of videos on it for the youtube channel and it's it is so like you fun to know fact when it started the reason it kicks in at 65 is because most people died when they were 60 they were literally banking on people being dead and not being able to collect and i think it was like there was 
five or six people, maybe even seven people contributing for every one person who is getting benefits. Uh And now that number's down to like three to one. In some cases, like they're saying it's two to one. It's brutal. It's brutal. The pyramid is just going to keep flipping because, I mean, I think, I don't know if we're at a negative birth rate yet, but we're awful close. That is uh, that is crazy. I know Japan's getting very low. Uh, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Uh, let's let's fix Social Security right now, just really quick. First of okay. all, if, stop giving illegal immigrants stuff. So we gotta yeah. we gotta stop doing that. Like right now in New York, you can get a driver's license uh, as an illegal. That's a really bad call. That's a really bad call. We we, we really have California to. Too, right. Oh yeah, and in, and in some places, I think up in San Francisco, if you're an illegal, you can you can vote for uh, the school board. Can they vote to ban uh, paper cups? It is. <laughs> that is. We were talking about that yesterday on the five. It's just so ridiculous. Of all the problem. Now, if, listen. If you're if you're Starbucks and you want to do that voluntarily and like say no more paper cups in Starbucks, that's fine. That's wonderful because I'm already going to Seven Eleven. I'm already going to the McDonald's. It's better right. coffee. But that mm-hmm. I would just. If they if if they are all going to voluntarily ban uh, paper cups in Starbucks in or in coffee shops in in San Francisco, I'm going to open a, co- a coffee shop with paper cups. Like that's just the market dictates that I come in and add convenience to people's well, lives. Did I read it right that they're like talking about having reusable glass, so you like have a glass or you know some kind of reusable thing that you like take and you drink and then you return it. Yes, I'm telling you. I'm Gross. telling you Gross. right now. They're gonna you, you use a ceramic, and this is like I didn't freak out about that at all because I'm one of these people. I I, I look. I really believe that the future of this country is going to look a lot more like the 1930s did. When the 19 in the 1930s, when people were futurists, you didn't have you know these fast food restaurants. You had diners and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Listen, why don't they? When you recycle glass, you get 100% of it back or, or something very, very close. Right. So you go you go, to, you go into a coffee shop. There is no more to-go coffee unless you bring your own mug or you can sit there and you can drink from a ceramic coffee mug just like a, in the diners in the days of yore. And with uh, – and it'll – I swear to God, it, it'll come with milk too. They're going to stop doing milk and paper cartons and plastic jugs and milk will be available in glass. And Amazon or somebody will just start delivering it to you. I swear to God, the milkman will come back. They're, they're, they're going to deliver groceries right to your door. Most of it will be glass. And uh, that's that's my that's my vision of America in the 30s. And you look at the way look at the way Elon Musk is landing rocket ships like Buck Rogers. Holy crap. That looks that looks straight after out of like somebody's vision of the future in the 1930s. It's crazy. Right. Hats. Hopefully hats will come back. I'm a big fan of the hat. Uh, oh, my gosh. Fedora? Yeah, those things are great. Yeah. Those, yeah. And it's cool and it's classy. If the rest of my wardrobe matched, I would I would do hats more. I watched a video on uh, NASA's plan for uh, the moon and how they're going to go back to the moon and and how they're going to have these orbiting, you know, little. It looked so outdated. It looked so like it didn't look like the future at all. It looked like really it looked so janky. 
it looked and you can go look it's on their twitter feed nasa they got this video how we're getting back to the moon and it's this big animated thing and it's like wow you're literally doing what they did in the 1970s with a couple little twists it was it was depressing they were well they i listened to an interview with i think one of the like assistant directors of nasa or something um within the last week and apparently they had some big launch right around Christmas that's a joint venture between NASA and Boeing. Yeah. Right out of yeah. Canaveral. I guess we're supposed to land on the moon by 2024. Well, that's what they're saying. However, that, that mission that they just did, because I love that stuff, you guys. This is, mm-hmm. is it's total total nerd boner. Uh, I love the the Virgin Galactic. I love uh, what Elon Musk is doing. NASA and Boeing. That thing didn't achieve the orbit they wanted it to achieve. It's this huge ginormous rocket that NASA says, oh, this is going to be the future of X, Y, and Z. And it's like it didn't reach the orbit they they wanted it to reach. I don't even know if that they had a, a payload on there that I believe was supposed to get to the International Space Station. I don't even know if that thing's going to make it. I think I think the orbit was too low in a lot of respects. Now, did it leave the atmosphere? Yes. Did it achieve some kind of orbit? Yes. Did it do a listen? If you can't do exactly if you can't do exactly what you need it to do, I'm calling it a failure. I'm calling it a failure. And this big rocket, good Lord in heaven. You know, like the space shuttle used to have that huge main tank and then they had the little two little mini tanks on the side. They're still Mm -hmm. doing that. They're still doing that. It makes me mad. Stop. Stop and think about this for a minute. Because this is rather disturbing to me. Our last launch was in 2011. Okay? Yeah. In eight years, we lost how much intellectual capital? Oh, Think about uh, that for a minute. I mean, in eight years, we lost the ability to what? That's real, and I'm telling you, and I, I say this all the Trump has great ideas, and people always mock him. Thank God he started the Space Force when he did. Thank God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, now, when it's going to be about, huge money suck. When you read about what the Chinese are already doing in space, we're behind. We're behind yeah. the Chinese. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready to subsidize uh, Elon Musk. At least his stuff is reusable. Like, it's like he he launches those big rockets. They land like Buck Rogers. You clean them up. You check out the welds. You make sure it's good to go. You refill it. Good lord, it, it's some. It's 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 we're it's still the the dark ages. When I saw what NASA had planned, here's how we're going to go to the moon. I'm like, oh, this is going to be impressive. This is going to be impressive. And you're like, really. Really, you're still doing that. I will remind our, our listeners, here's how I grew up. When I was a little kid in Columbus, Ohio, uh, my best friend, my my best friend, Sean Kellison, his dad was an engineer at Rockwell Aviation. They built components for uh, the, the space program, the Apollo missions. They also worked on the space shuttle. My dad, for a while, uh, when I was very young, he also worked at Rockwell Aviation. And they would come home with these, uh, like the Rockwell magazine, the quarterly magazine, to let you know what exciting things. And I'm telling you, in in like 1975, 1976, they had pictures, like conceptual, here's the, 
where you, the the space shuttle was conceived, I think, in like the 50s or 60s. They ended up really working on the 70s and then launching it in the 80s. We're not even we're not even that cool yet. We're not even we're not even as cool as we were in the 80s, and it's flipping 2020. Like I, I, I it'll take me to Star Wars. I don't want to get into Star Wars just yet. It's just thank goodness. And this is where capitalism saves the day. This is where capitalism and entrepreneurship and and competition is good and wonderful. Let the Elon Musks and the Virgin Galactics do a better job for less money, and then and then they win, and then they win because uh, we need it, in my opinion. Okay, so some. Well, uh, and I think. Oh, sorry. You no, know, go ahead. I go think ahead. That's what the guy from NASA was saying: is that we have to expand these government-private partnerships. Because that's the only way things are going to be built more efficiently and less costly to the taxpayer. So, yeah, yeah, NASA is probably, and I don't like the way they spend money hand over fist. I really don't. However, when when you push those batteries, this is this is the one good thing I will say about NASA. For uh, for every dollar you do put in, I think you get like uh, two dollars back in the inventions. You know, cool things. Because they have to invent, you know, crazy, stupid things to work in zero gravity. You know, like Velcro is uh, comes out of NASA. There's a bunch of other good uh, unintended consequences that come out of that. But uh, competition, Elon Musk, that's the way it goes. Okay. We're going to switch, uh, keep switching gears here. I almost went into full Star Wars mode, and I don't want to do that yet. I, I do yet. have a bit. Yeah, I know you haven't seen it. I know Kung Fu Rich, Kung Fu Rick hasn't seen it yet, and it's going to be there's going to be some spoilers, but we're not getting into that yet. You can keep keep listening. The Democratic field, the Democrat, the Democrat field. I hate calling it the Democratic because it's not. It, it's the Democrat. Now Bernie Sanders is looking good, and this to me, I thought about this uh, for a while now. It's it's wild because it is like it, it's whoever the media puts the spotlight on. That's who pops. It's crazy. Like for a while, oh, there's Pete Buttigieg. He's the guy. Da, 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 da. And then that, then he starts to fade. And they go, oh, no, look, it's Joe. Joe's still doing good. And then he starts to fade a little bit. Oh, it's Elizabeth Warren. It's her. Oh, Elizabeth. oh, then she fades. And now we're back to Bernie Sanders. And it's like they they really don't have a candidate that that's connecting. They have to be. They have to be uh, terrified. All they have. All wow. they have is. Continuing to preach, uh, you know, Trump was a Russian asset. Uh, Trump is a racist. Uh, this now is not who we are. Asset. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really all they have. That, that's really well, all they have. I actually, I actually, and I don't even remember where I heard this from, but somebody compared the polling and the way the Democrat primary is going to going shoe shopping with a woman. <laughs> Oh, this pair is okay, but I want to see more. Oh, look, I like these. Well, maybe this one now. Um, this one might be a little more comfortable. You know what? Let me go back and look at the first one again. It's that's you a know? really good uh, analogy. That's a really good metaphor. That that is like seriously, like no one's connecting, and I don't like. None. I know that, that Tom Steyer and Bloomberg are spending an absolute fortune, an absolute fortune, and they're, they're starting to generate a little bit of name recognition. But that's just 
how do you not? How do you not when you're flooding the airwaves with commercial after commercial after commercial? But then you got to be careful because then people start to hate those commercials. So well, and what what I find really bizarre, right? Is Bloomberg yeah. is just already running against Trump and all of his ads. You might as well. And you know the Democrat candidates for president. This last debate was really the first time you've kind of seen a few of them go after the other folks, you know, like actually start to tear each other up, but they're not even close to the level they're going to have to get to differentiate themselves. It's like, they're all still running against Donald Trump. Well, which none of them really are yet. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's that's always so amusing to watch them do that kung fu, you know, when somebody asks them a question about, you know, uh, you know, the economy or about unemployment and they they go, it's not about that. It's about getting this man. That's what Joe Biden does no, all no, the time. It's, it's, it's about getting that man out of the office. It's about getting that man. Like, no, dude, it's it's seriously. It's like, how are you going to keep this economy going? How are you going to bring back manufacturing? It's not about manufacturing jobs. It's about getting that man I love how Joe Biden always calls him that man. Yeah, well, they were given I, they were given uh, Buttigieg some uh, some grief on the last one, the last presidential. But how did how did how bad did that blow up on Elizabeth Warren? She's when she talked about his wine cave. Somebody dug around. She had a fundraiser in the exact same wine cave. And and it's like, and don't you remember election. that? Don't you remember that? Don't you remember being in the just, wine cave? Well, I read something and it just made me laugh. I mm-hmm. mean, like, so Elizabeth Warren, since she's sliding in the polls, this was like political or Washington Post or something. She's decided to show more of her personality and talk less about her policies. I'm like, seriously? And she thinks that's going to go well? Oh, God. Like, her own brother is slamming her for calling their dad a janitor because he wasn't. They love like that joke over at the farm. Nothing she says is true. Nothing. He wasn't a she janitor. Just... He was one one thousand twenty fourth uh, janitor. But um, but um, but um, bam. Yeah, but I mean, it's... every story she's told to try to get into the victim hierarchy, right? Either as a minority, as a woman, you know, being working class is just a lie. She is the most inauthentic person in the world. So please, yes, show us more of your personality, Hillary 2.0. You're going to pull hot sauce out of your purse next? It's very funny. And who was I talking to about this yesterday? It was like just like a casual conversation just about the another like uh, one of the, one of the many upsides of Trump's. One of the uh, the unexpected upsides is like we're really seeing where the media is, right? We always say that. You know, the masks are off. Now we know. The media is in the tank for Democrats because the media is mostly comprised of Democrats. The the other upside of this is like America, and they don't even know it yet. They're spoiled with the authenticity or perceived – I'll be fair here – the perceived authenticity of Trump. Like I totally imagine that if you were to have a one-on-one conversation with Donald J. Trump – he would give, and you asked him about the economy or a policy. He'd give you the exact same answer. Like he truly believes what he's selling. You know, China's been robbing us blind for years. I'm going to make it right. Mexico, they've been robbing us blind. NATO, they got to pay their fair share. I imagine all those answers wouldn't change. 
but with like oh yeah but with like elizabeth warren joe biden pete Buttigieg, the answer would vary slightly on the color of your skin how old you were do you have a limp right they would have to go through all these different and americans can sense that they're like why does elizabeth warren constantly just make up lies when she doesn't have to like calling her dad a janitor to make herself more of a, of a victim like there's always like and I, I think that's why Buttigieg is doing as well as he's doing is yeah, because there's scary. a little bit of he is. But there's like a little bit of authenticity there. I, I guarantee that's why Joe Biden is still doing as well as he's doing. There's an authenticity there. And and definitely with Bernie Sanders, what Bernie Sanders is proposing is completely insane, is completely oh, insane. Absolutely. Like, why would you base why would you base one of the most the most successful uh, nation in the history of civilized man. Why would you stop what we're doing and and go? Ooh, let's base our base everything on on a failed system. Like, has anyone ever asked? And I wanted to say this yesterday uh, on television. It's amazing that no one's ever asked uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez or or Bernie Sanders, to my knowledge. Like, hey, you guys, what happened in Venezuela? What happened? Where did they go wrong? I know you're I know you're a socialist. Uh, what happened in Russia? How did Russia go wrong? What happened in China? How that like no one has ever they they claim to say that these are the best policies and that we should be more like these these so you know these uh, communist countries. Where did they go wrong? How can you exactly. how can you guarantee it won't happen here? Because they always say, well, that wasn't real socialism. It wasn't implemented right. Okay, what exactly did they do wrong? And that and that that's, that's a always, legitimate question. Yeah, and it's like it's no one even asks it, and it it drives me absolutely bonkers. You're proposing that we make these ginormous changes. At least they're asking Elizabeth Warren, "How are you going to pay for this?" Like, hey, if you're going to do all this, how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it? And she can't come up with an answer. It's I, I can't believe they're doing this. An well. answer, but it's a lie. <laughs> at, at least Bernie's honest. He says, "Oh yeah, middle class taxes are going to go up." He yeah. literally, I don't, whatever the number for the poverty rate is, like maybe $29,000 a year. He yeah. literally said publicly that beginning at that income level, you're going to be taxed 4% on a progressive scale just for the health care plan. I, uh, so I, uh, like most people's tax plan plans give you like Republicans tax plans generally give you like the first $50,000 you make, Right. And you yes. get taxed on what you make above that or something. No, 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 no. Not Bernie's. He literally goes to a dollar over the poverty level. You know what I want to know? What? You, you, you brought up something. Oh, I want to know with, with inflation. And I'm, I'm, I just I don't know how to do this. And I'm not maybe I'm not smart enough or whatever. I'm certainly not smart enough for a lot of this. But but like what with, with inflation and everything, if, if you make. A hundred thousand dollars a year today. What's that in like nineteen forties money? What's that in like nineteen fifties money? Uh, I would really. The, and I, I, I mean, you're probably talking make a hundred thousand dollars a year today. Probably somewhere between forty and fifty. Right? You think? Well, I mean, you got to look at what inflation was like in the seventies. I mean, it was. Eh, there was a lot of it. Yeah, I just i I would love to uh, I would love to figure it out. It doesn't feel like 
uh, it doesn't feel like a hundred thousand dollars a year is is much. It really doesn't. I know you can't. Well, I mean, I, it, it, again, it all it all depends on where you live. Well, he, that that that's that is the other thing, and that's I guess. I mean, in New York City, no, that's and that's this is like the next one on the horizon, I think, for New York and for California. You won't be able to have the services. Because, like, I, I know in, in, in L.A., when, when I work on shows there, a lot of the, you know, the, the crew members and everybody. And also, you know, L.A. is a struggle. That's a struggle for, for anybody. Right. But a lot of the crew guys, they live way out in, like, Lancaster. They live way out in Temecula. And they have these really, you know, long commutes. And I guess if you're working on a, you know, if you're an electrician and you're working in, for the, you have to get to where the studios are. But at some point. Uh, like postal workers and that's a that's a pretty good you know that's a pretty good paying get job it. like at what point do like uh, plumbers and electricians and postal workers and these guys go listen there is there's enough work there's enough work in Temecula there's enough work in in Lancaster because so many lower income people have to live in those neighborhoods you go listen my quality of life is going to be better granted i might i might not make you know 15 bucks an hour it might go down to 12 but i'm not going to be in my car there's enough work i'll be happier where you just won't have the goods and services am i making any sense no no you are and i guarantee you every plumber and electrician is making more than 15 bucks an hour but <laughs> right i just i was just picking that number yeah i mean you know, it, it's going to be dependent on, for some of them, obviously, if they work for an employer, they can't as easily do that. But, um, you know, I mean, I would I would argue the folks that I know around where I live that own their own HVAC businesses, their own construction businesses, their own electrical businesses, plumbing businesses, they literally never have to go inside the 285 circle between Marietta, Kennesaw, Sandy Springs, um, you know, all these large suburbs, they, they never have to go into Atlanta. They can I, make I think a great living in the suburbs and exurbs. That is, that's, that was exactly the, the point mm-hmm. I was trying to make. It's like, after a while, you're just going to be like, I don't, listen, I don't want to go into L.A. I don't want to go into uh, yeah. Manhattan. There's enough work where I am here in blah, 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 New Jersey. There's enough work out on Long Island. I just, why? I don't need that hassle in my life. Did you see, did you see what they're trying in Virginia? Beyond trying to take the guns away or and talking Beyond about. Beyond trying to take the guns away. What are they doing now? Virginia's a wreck. Virginia is a mess. Um, they are trying to Californiaize Virginia in like a matter of three months, and it is not going well. Um, they actually put more law enforcement dollars into their state budget to enforce the gun laws in counties that have said they were sanctuaries. I don't. I don't understand. You're gonna have to spell that one out. So, in their state budget, they have a certain amount of money for incarceration. Okay. And enforcement. So, 90, I think, I think the last statistic I heard was 90% of the counties in Virginia have said, we're going to be a 2A sanctuary. And this is a problem when you have two big blue dots overwhelming the vote within your state. 
Um, so 90% of the counties have said that, and local law enforcement, the sheriffs, the city council, however their local government is set up, have said, nope, we're not doing this. We're not going, you can pass the law, we're not going to enforce the law. Right? Oh, about, about taking the guns away? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so the state government has put extra money into the state budget for enforcement of this, and the governor has also threatened to call in the National Guard. To I help mean, take his guns could, away? Yeah, this could get very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. This is How many, not a good thing. At so, what point, as a National Guard person, do you say, I'm not doing that? Exactly. I mean, so... Some of the counties have actually started county militias because the Second Amendment says... A well-armed militia. A well-armed militia. So basically anybody who owns a gun can sign up to be in the militia. That's hilarious and good, and I love it. it so, like, if you want to know what's going on with guns in Virginia, follow Cam Edwards' timeline. He is, like, on it. <laughs> He's been to tons well, of these is- meetings because that's the state he lives in. Um, and wow, just wow. But well, here's didn't, the second- didn't Vir- go ahead. You guys, you get another one. Yes, Virginia is looking at passing a law that eliminates single-family housing zoning in the suburbs. Yeah, I saw something about that where it's time to rethink single-family housing. Well, it's time to rethink single-family housing according to Newsweek because it's not environmentally sound. But this whole thing is the schools in the suburbs are better. We're excluding poor people who want to move to the suburbs. So now we're going to these neighborhoods, you know, the space in between will now be zoned for low-income housing and, you know, multifamily units. Ooh-wee. It ain't Um, good. It ain't good. You know, I've done okay in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Worked really hard to get there. Um, I moved to where I moved because I don't want to live in a city. Yes. So, what do you think I'm going to do if they start screwing with the zoning in my area? First thing I'm going to do is pick up and move to a rural zone. Yes. I'll and just then keep this... going out. I'll just keep going out and keep going out. Well, this is that's the story of America. That exactly. is the story of America. We don't like your crazy rules. We're going to we're going to leave England. And we're going to go to the new world. And then mm-hmm. the, co- the colonies fired up and like, we don't like these rules. We're going to keep, we're going to, we're going to run out of rural places to, to leave to. Right. And so it's, oh, it's, it's not good. But Virginia, I, Virginia is the, like, California is a case study to some degree in letting yeah. some big blue dots rule your state because in the Central Valley, there's a whole host of problems that are are on the agricultural industry because of the environmental policies that the state has. So yes. it, it, it's, it's really a, an idea of you don't even understand what we do out here and we feed you. Yes. Right? And then you talk to you talk to uh, people who are in the construction business. And mm-hmm. they're in Los Angeles or in the, the neighboring areas, and they're like, okay, 
you know what? There's so many homeless people, the problem for housing. I'm going to build an apartment building here. That's that's a slam dunk. That's a slam dunk. People need a place to live. You can't get it zoned. You can't get it. There's this guy who was like, I'm going to build an apartment building here. Not in my backyard, and right? And, and yeah. And they're like, oh, you can't build an apartment building here because it will cast a shadow on this park for an hour. And we don't want that sh- the shadow of that building on our park for an hour a day. So you've got to say, okay, go screw yourselves. You know, that's fine. I won't build here. I won't. So you've got a homeless pro- problem. You've got a rent problem. You've got a not enough, uh, you know, got a housing shortage. And then they won't let you build because they're, you know, it's in the environmental laws and this, that, and the other thing. Some's going to have to give. Some's going to have to give. I'm super mad. About this. <laughs> that was that was very that was very uh uh you sounded like you were doing a bit there i'm very mad like i'm very mad i believe a gay guy voice i believe with all my heart and all my spangles no hey, gavin newsom you're stupid governor and he is really dumb i'm sorry he's he's like pelosi's nephew i'm just saying he is a stupid man. Oh yeah! Like if yeah. you've never seen, if you have never seen this interview, it's several years old. It was right after he announced his run for governor. Adam Carolla interviewed him. Oh my God, the dumb is immense. Okay. Give me a I hint. Believe- Give me a hint. Give me a, a random recreation of a dumb Gavin Newsom response. Oh, like he said something uh, like blank, blank, blank. Adam Carolla was challenging him on a lot of the social problems he was trying to address through raising taxes. Um, We're actually a a lot of we're actually family structure problems and lack emphasis on education in certain communities and things like that. So, I mean, and Gavin Newsom was just caught completely flat footed. Yeah. Carolla just took him apart on it did not have a legitimate answer to anything Adam Carolla was asking him. I mean, Adam Carolla doesn't consider himself an intellectual by any means, but he's just got a boatload of common sense. Yes. Yeah. Carolla has, he has the power of common sense and the power of the instant metaphor. It's really amazing to watch. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, a lot of his one-on-one interviews with folks, I just really enjoy. He's funny. Oh yeah. Um, But, uh, your dumb governor is going to troll our president into fixing California's problem with the rest of the country's tax dollars, and I'm going to be furious. I will not be happy with it either. I said it publicly. I said, and they always look at me like I'm kind of crazy uh, when I'm on the five, where, where I'm like, just it's got to get worse. It has to. You think it has to get worse? More, I hate to say it. I saw a horrible uh, stat the other night that mm-hmm. Adam Carolla, Adam Carolla's old uh, partner, Doctor Drew, Drew, they they used to do Love Line together. Doctor Drew's like three people a day are dying on the streets of Los Angeles. Yep. Three people a day are dying on the streets of Los Angeles. That's that's insane. And, and that's as, just I the guess, homeless population, right? He's speaking specifically on the homeless. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess people are cool with it. They're they must be cool with it being a third world country. It's got to get worse before it's going to get better. Well, I mean, you already have you already have like the complete, um, almost total evaporation of the middle class in California. 
you're gonna it's gonna be a state of the very rich and the very poor. Yes. That's yes. just what it's gonna and, be and and the number of very poor people and dispossessed people are going to greatly outnumber the very rich. Yeah. That's when that's it, when you start your movie. That's when you start your escape from LA. Ugly. But if Donald Trump makes good on his threat to Gavin Newsom, if you don't do something, the federal government's going to come in. I will be furious. I will be, too. I'll be right there with you. campaign against it. I don't live in California for a reason. I refuse to pay to fix a problem that California created. And I actually saw the most interesting suggestion for Donald Trump. Send auditors in and find out where every single federal dollar they've already gotten has gone. That's an outstanding idea. That is an outstanding idea. Send in auditors. Where is the money being spent? Where is Mm -hmm. it being spent? And then and I would love to have it's like it's like we were saying, like, I'd love to ask somebody have somebody ask Bernie Sanders, you know, where did Venezuela go wrong? I would love to hear a Democratic solution to a problem that didn't involve raising my taxes. I really can't think of one. I really can't think of one where they, it's always a problem. Of, oh, if we just had a few more dollars, we could really get, if we just had, if we could just tax these rich people, if we just raise these taxes, that would be the solution. Okay. We have to, we have to uh, switch gears here for the, for the final, for the, for the final like seven, eight uh, minutes. I have to talk about uh i have to compare and contrast the the star wars and, and the mandalorian there's going to be spoilers on me apo- producer rick. yeah yeah producer rick i think he's going to go kung fu rick is going to go see it either today or tomorrow oh and i also have to comment on this like the hallmark channel is doing very well the hallmark channels has oh, yeah. quietly has quietly been making bank uh, just making good old-fashioned boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl. It's that's their yeah. bread and butter. That's their bread and butter. They they didn't. They're they're filling a niche and they they embraced it. And it's everything that I love about competition. If yeah. if everybody's gonna go edgy and hardcore, we're gonna go with the the comforting. Don't yeah, don't worry, you guys. Yeah. There's gonna be it's gonna be a happy ending. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for that. Well, some, you know, some writer from Salon.com, Saloon Magazine, uh, said it's fascist and horrible. And this is that this because is, they took the I tried to make this off? point on the five. Yeah. Like, hey, man, our okay. audience doesn't dig it. Our audience doesn't dig it. And then they're going, oh, it's all of their movies. It's white person meets white person and blah, blah, blah. There's not enough diversity. And I don't they couldn't really back up the whole fascist thing. But here's what. Here's what I don't like about it, because to me, it's it's indicative of a bigger problem. Like when people get thrown off of Twitter or they get they get thrown off of uh, Facebook, people always say, well, make your own thing, make your own thing. So people have complained about Hollywood and the entertainment they're putting out. No, it's to this and it's to that. And Hallmark, without even really advertising it, they just cons- they just consistently put out this easy, nice, warm product and people have responded. So. In a sense, they have made their own thing. If you oh, if you don't like this, make your own thing. And then they're they're going after Hallmark. It really, really makes me worried because, like you and I, I know I'm on I'm on Cloud Hub, and I'm encouraging everyone to get on Cloud Hub. It's a it's a great play, and it's, it literally is just getting better every single day. 
Uh, I love that that you know you can video stream now and the news and it's just mm-hmm. it's 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 a nice platform. It's getting better every day. Right. But to me, I'm, I'm, my concern is, uh, so you'll you'll make your own thing. You know, like okay, we didn't like Twitter, we didn't like Facebook, YouTube, YouTube. Oh my gosh, whatever. That's a whole other thing. It's ridiculous. So, so you make another platform and you start making that successful and they go, oh, that platform, they'll just attack that as well. Like it's never going to end. They're going after the Hallmark channel. Completely ridiculous. And Hallmark, I'm telling you, don't pull a Chick-fil-A. Don't pull a Chick-fil-A. Stay true to your roots. Stay true to your roots. And I, I, well, I mean, I, goes back to something Eric Erickson said when he was on CNN. The left has to drop this. You will be made to care. I'm allowed not to care. Yes. And yes. In a lot of cases, you would prefer I don't because if I did. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, then it would get really ugly. Legitimately, if you, through the Supreme Court case regarding gay marriage, have basically moved even the religious right, right, to a libertarian view of marriage to say, okay, I cannot care about this. It doesn't personally affect me. The government really shouldn't be involved, but I can have my own personal views on the subject. If that's where the right basically is, and to a large degree it is, stop pushing. You're not going to like the response. Well, hopefully – People, there we're running out of room. This goes back to I'll just move. I'll just move. You, you'll you'll run out of. At some point, you will have to stop and make a stand. At some point, you have to stop. There will be nowhere to move to. They'll be like, oh, you can't have a channel unless you have this kind of this and this kind of that, which uh, kind of gets me to the whole Star Wars of it all. And, and, and I'm kind of reaching here, but and it's why it's it's a wonderful confluence of why I don't believe in. It's why I don't like big government because of. What they've done to Star Wars, like with uh, and this is also the problem with communism. It, it, it all ties together. When when Star Wars came out, you had George Lucas. Star Wars was like an independent film uh, and he had a vision. And it's if, if he was a communist leader, everything would have been great under George Lucas's communism. But then George Lucas let the franchise go. And that's where communism and socialism always goes bad. Right, because then greed mm-hmm. takes over. Your 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 bright, sunny, intelligent, great, wonderful leader with a heart of gold goes. I'm retiring now, and he gives it over to somebody else. They rule by committee. Greed takes over, and it goes south. It goes right. south fast. Star Wars is the canary in the communist uh, coal mine. So you got J.J. Abrams. Uh, who tried to set things up with The Force Awakens. Then you had the Star Wars committee, which this is the most egregious thing. I, I, I can't say this enough. If you know you're going to do a trilogy, you know you're going to do a trilogy. Why do you kill the villain in the second movie? You have no expect. No one had any expectations for the third movie. So – and. Kung Fu Rick uh, and 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 Gimlet, you guys will see this movie and you'll see it just as plain as the nose on your face. You don't even have to see The Last Jedi. You really don't. There's only a couple of references where you think, oh, did I miss something? But you really didn't. Like J.J. Abrams had to start all the way over. He had to, like in the opening, 
in the opening credits, it's like the dead speak. The Emperor Palpatine, it's like he's just like, okay, here's the new villain. Here's the new plot. And I don't know what he would have done if Star Wars didn't have those opening crawls. So he did enough damage control that it's uh, it's palatable. It's like, okay. It's like it's reminiscent of a good Star Wars movie. There's enough okay moments where you can kind of forgive him. I, I really don't think it's uh, meeting gotta, expectations. Gotta, I was going to say you got to like somewhat give him some points for what he had to work with. Right. You know? However, yeah, and that's what I'm doing. I'm giving I'm giving JJ points for okay. okay. However, there's a lot of unforced errors on JJ Abrams. Uh part there is a lot and it and, it, and i probably shouldn't be saying this uh, publicly as i i'm you know it's a, that six degrees of separation i'm like two degrees of separation now from from ryan johnson the director of listen ryan johnson who takes a lot of heat for ruining he had to hand that outline in someone had to, and this is what scares me about big government ryan johnson goes okay here's what i want to do with the second movie someone at at like kathleen kennedy in charge of star wars for disney was like okay good idea and then she handed it to the corporate boardroom and they're like mm, yes and like you don't understand anything how did they okay that movie they ruined it jj kind of saved it it's a better it's up there, uh, which isn't saying much with uh, with uh, you know the the Force Awakens, blah blah blah. <clears throat> it, it has a couple of good moments, but unfortunately, uh, I don't think it bodes well for the Star Wars universe. Here's what does bode well for the Star Wars universe, and this is going to be spoiler free because it just came out. the The final episode of the season for the Mandalorian came out. It is the reason to get Disney Plus right now. There is, and this is the other wonderful thing about it. This is the other, like the Mandalorian, uh, created by John Favreau uh, from Iron Man, and you know mm-hmm. he directed Elf and all this other stuff. He loves it. He gets it. He cares. And there's a couple of episodes that really pop. I wish I knew this woman's name. There's like two or th- two episodes that really pop out of the season. Both were directed by this uh, wonderful female director, and she's going to be in charge of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series as it moves forward. So that feels good. Uh, so there, there's just another – there's just enough hope uh, alive in the Star Wars universe uh, to keep me involved but I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for you to see it, and we can talk about. I, I think I avoided uh, most Star Wars spoilers because I care. I care so damn much. You guys, uh, that is our that is our wonderful show. It's a good show. Next week we'll be recording from. I'll be in Las Vegas. I'm headed to the MGM. Casino. I'll be doing shows at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. These are pretty, for the most part, I have to think, going to be uh, politics-free. It's it's New Year's. People want to party. People want to have a good time. I'm not here to mess up anyone's vacay. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna party. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna do some gambling. And if you see me after a show, and by all means, uh, come up and say hello. We'll take pictures and all that stuff. I was so shocked the last time I went to Vegas. I'm like, okay, I'll stand out here and, and talk to people. People who listen to the podcast were coming up to me. Oh, my gosh, I drove all this way. I, I'm totally going to hang out after the shows. I want to meet you guys. I want to say hello. And don't come up to me like, why didn't you do any politics? Because it's Vegas. Everybody's here to get laid and to, and to drink and, and to gamble. Gamble. 
Yeah, and gamble and gamble and gamble. So have a great week. I gotta, uh, I gotta hop on a plane. I will see you guys in Vegas, uh, and you guys have to Kung Fu Rick and and Gimlet. You guys have to get out and see Star Wars. We have to do a, a deep dive on that one. All right, I love you. Next week, yes. All right, sayonara. Mm-hmm.